Hey guys, Walter Fetchick here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section. We've got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassner, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sportsbook. Hello Internet, my name is Walter Ciades Fedchek. It is that time of the year. It is playoff time. We're playoffs. actually We're gonna talk about the playoffs. And of course when I say we, I mean my good friend Chase Redster King Wassener. Chase, since I'm the host and you're the guest, it, it's clear to all of our fans that we were, of course, talking about the European uh, summer split playoffs here. And after week 10, I'm not sure this region actually exists anymore. I feel like it might just be a figment of my imagination. Did, did you, were you sports entertained by week 10, Chase? Because I certainly was not. Uh, yeah, I, sports entertained is an interesting phrase for it. I... On the one hand, I do appreciate playing a series for the fans. It's, it's a meaningless series. People do tend to have fun with it. I get it. It's not for me. As an analyst, I draw nothing from it. And I do agree with people who say that it's a wasted opportunity. You know, when you look at, specifically, we're talking about Misfits versus Rocket and Splice versus Vitality, uh, where both of those meaningless matches ended up in champion pick and bands where there was all weird kind of picks that would never be picked in the traditional competitive meta and everyone was playing different positions. Like, I don't think that's ideal. I, I certainly hope they weren't, like, spending time to practice and be like, yo, let me do the thing. So I, I, I really hope that this is just a, a one-off kind of shenanigans -y day that didn't take any time and energy away from their actual prep. I wish that especially Misfits had taken the time to sort out their strategies. I, I think the Misfits is in a, a bit of a rut right now. They're going to be the only team in Europe heading into playoffs with a losing record. And that's something where going into a series against Unicorns of Love, I would have thought you'd want to iron out some of those kinks in the plan. Uh, maybe they just, after seeing the Kingslayers rock at, take down one more great team uh, in, in their victory over G2. Maybe they're just like, man, we can't step to the Kingslayers. I guess we should just meme. So, hope that, so that works out. So here's the worst thing for you about Rocket embracing this Kingslayers myth. I don't know if they make any changes now. I, I don't I, know if they make any changes. I have yeah. a feeling they're going to make one. I think one. I think okay. there's going to well. be. I think we're going to see a new coach. In, in oh, 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 coach! I meant player. Because I think what? Betsy played like well enough to be like, oh yeah, I, nah, you can't. Okay, I, I hope playing not. well enough. He'll stick around. Like. That's the worst thing that could happen. That's the worst thing that can happen to a mediocre team is that they have this nice little run at the end of the season and everyone's like, okay, well, like, yeah, they're starting to get it together. And then they look in the offseason and go, oh, yeah, 
like, yeah, they're starting to get it together. I don't know if we really need to make any changes. Let's just run it back. You know, it'll be better. Because this is what happened to Rockat between spring and summer. And then now it's happening at the end of summer again. I, I, I don't mean to hop on Rockat. Congratulations. You guys won. I'm glad, I'm glad you're happy, Chase. I'm glad you now have this whole Kingslayer motif. I'm sure Seth Rollins will be suing you guys for trademark <laughs> infringement or something. I, oh, I, I want to focus on, on the Misfits and Splice Point because okay. as much as that these were meaningless games when it comes to the impact on the standings and any of that jazz, and that is Riot's fault for making Week 10 basically worthless. Um, I, I will completely point that at Riot. But these games, Splice and Misfits are not the same tier as the other four teams they're in the playoffs. They're just not. They haven't been. They weren't in the spring, and they aren't now. And if anything, the gap between those four teams and Splice and Misfits, I think, kind of grew a little bit over the course of this over the course of the summer. I think those four teams have gotten a touch better as a as a group, while Splice and Misfits have kind of stayed the same path. Maybe gotten a little bit worse, I think, in the case of Misfits, especially from where they were last split. And this is on stage practice time. Because this is one of the things I brought up. Riot Ice Chest uh, reached out to me on Twitter with a comment I made about the challenger scene. What do I want to see out of the challenger scene when they move to this academy league? I want them to get more stage time. I want the challenger teams to have more game, more time on the stage where it actually matters. Because at the end of the day, the actual games that count are on a stage in front of people when you get up to the LCS level. And that's what I just think Splice and Misfits kind of poo-pooed their nose at here and said, eh, well, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what happens, so why should we care? Why should you care? You're about to go into series against the two finalists from last yeah. spring. And, like, they're not slouches. Like, G2, sure, they're playing worse. Unicorns of Love arguably are playing a little bit worse. But they're not slouches. They aren't sloughing off. They didn't spend the entire season kind of like thumbing their nose at everyone and be like, oh, well, we know we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to pull a San Antonio Spurs and just turn it on when it actually matters. Like, they're good teams. And you just kind of looked at this on-stage practice time where you could work on things against weaker opponents and focus on your macro decision-making in the case of Splice. You could focus on your early game aggression in the term, or I mean, in the terms of Misfits, the early game aggression in terms of Splice. You could have worked on all of these things. You could have taken the L, but at least got better at some of these weaknesses that you have that are going to be very important when you play up against these two top four teams in Europe. So I'm, I'm really disappointed in the team's management coaching staff players for just kind of looking at these and kind of shrugging it off and saying, eh, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's take our vacation this week and then just focus on the playoffs. And I don't know what was going beyond going on behind the scenes. Maybe they were practicing really hard in scrims, but all I can do is see what I see on the stage. And that was a joke. It was a go. joke. Uh, hey, future Walter. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. For your, for care. your bleep there. I don't care. Look, Here's my counter-argument. If you're Misfits or Splice, the last thing you want to do is reveal anything about your strategy oh under the quarterfinals. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's the correct answer and that that's more important than all the other factors. But, as we saw, you know, in, in the other series this week, right? Fnatic versus Ninjas in Pajamas. Fnatic clearly had not practiced for that series. They played it straight up and they lost anyway because they... Oh, they underestimated their opponents. They were cocky. They were arrogant in pick and ban. They were arrogant in how they played around the map. 
picking standard champions doesn't mean that you're taking the match any more seriously. Like, we, we should not condemn Misfits and Splice for picking weird things when Fnatic, G2, and Unicorns of Love all failed to show up to their first series this week. And they, have no, they don't have the excuse of, oh, well, we were playing weird picks and we were kind of goofing around. Like, those teams were trying, and they got O2. Or, or in G2's case, they got A-map. So if we're going to call teams out, then we call all of the playoff teams in Europe. That's fair. Out, yeah, that's fair. Them put in their A yeah. game. So, it, like, and, and if you want to do that, that's fine. In, yeah, in my opinion, I, I think that with the exception of Unicorns of Love versus H2K, we had, like, a week 10 that did not matter and was never going to matter, and everyone knows it. And when that happens, I don't, like, it's hard to, to gear back in. It's hard for me to tell Fnatic or, or H2K or any of those teams, like, yeah, you should be taking this week 100% super seriously instead of spending this entire week and buying yourself an extra week of prep against who you know your first-round opponent's going to be because we knew what these playoff matches were all going to be with the exception of one. And that one, to be clear was an important one and the unicorns of love bowed out and it's unfortunate that that happened because it meant that we didn't have anything to really look forward to uh on that last sunday but i mean it's look, it's, I, it's a lack I, of professionalism honestly and i agree the unicorns of love fanatic g2 they should all be held accountable for that too the most professional team i think that went out this week was like h2k and ninjas in pajamas those were the two teams H2K got so much crap for that from social media last year for doing the same thing. Like, every split, they always play super seriously in the last week. They should. They should. Yeah, look. They should. The the season is 10 weeks long. I don't care if nothing matters in week 10. You're a professional athlete. And it is your job to go out and win games. And when you pick Heimerdinger and you move all your positions around and you do all this stuff, that's not professional. That's not going out and doing your job. If I went into work tomorrow and I work in retail and I just decided I don't want to be a cashier today. I want to be a manager. I'd get fired. You don't get to do that. I don't get to walk in. If I work at Walmart, I don't get to walk into Walmart wearing the Target uniform. You don't get to do that. There's a level of professionalism. And I know I sound just like Skip Bayless right now. I, I'm, I'm hearing so, Skip Bayless in the it, back of my head. But there is a level of professionalism that esports just has not reached yet that really irks me because 90% of the time we're at the edge where we're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're really professional. We take everything seriously. We're trying to shed this image of us kind of being, you know, 20-something-year-old guys that are all kind of joking around. We're getting all these big money investors. And then a, a, a week like week 10 happens where they, they – you know, thumb their nose at competitive integrity because it doesn't matter in the long run and they pick stupid crap and do this kind of stuff. I don't want to root for Splice when they do that. Yeah, it's all good. It's for the fans. I don't care. I want them to lose that. I don't want them to succeed in the playoffs now because they've told me they don't care about winning. So why should I reward them with wanting to see them succeed in the playoffs? H2K, in all honesty, I am rooting for H2K to win this season. Because from day one, they have busted their asses to improve and to get better. And that series against the Unicorns of Love at the end, where it did not matter to either one of them. And this is why I'm a little less, you know, on on Unicorns of Love. Because Unicorns of Love screwed up the Vitality series, but that series against H2K was a war. And they said, no, we're going to stay undefeated in series against H2K. We're going to put all the pressure on them in the playoffs to come beat us. And I I applaud them for that series 
But H2K from day one until the end of week 10 is the one team in Europe that took every single game seriously, that took every single game as do or die. And they have all my respect. And I'm, I love you, Yos. I love you, Marty. But H2K is the team that has earned my respect and want to see them succeed because of the amount of hard work that they've put in. I can't see what you do in practice. I can only go by what I physically see on the screen and goofing off on your first match when you need to win it to still have a chance at the number one seed in your group. I, it doesn't cut it for me. Sorry. Yeah. Look, this reminds me of every every time if I like see a, an animated show on like the newest Disney Channel thing. I, like my first instinct is always to say like, oh man, cartoons are, you know, getting. I can't believe we're in this era. Like everything's getting, you know, worse, or whatever. And at some point, I realize like. It's just not intended for me anymore. Like, if I was that young, maybe I'd feel differently because it would be directed at me. It just isn't for me. These games were not meant for you and I as analysts. Like, they were not, like, we were not the target audience. The target audience were all of the people who memed about it on Reddit and on Twitter. And those games, I believe, had higher viewership numbers than a lot of the other series. People were like, oh, you got to see this. This is stupid. This is we got some crazy things going on right now. Can you believe Heimerdinger is here? Like that is something that these teams can use as marketing. And I'm not going to tell a team that they are wrong for embracing a marketing opportunity that is absolutely in their wheelhouse. When it when the ability to market yourself and put forward a a approachable team identity, if you will, is more valuable than a win in the standings because the win is literally not valuable. I understand it. Doesn't mean I like it. I'm with you. Like I'm, I am a competitive person. I want to see 100% serious games. Those are the games I like most. People who join me on the VOD review for the silly games this week will tell you that I was basically checked out for that entire series because there was nothing meaningful to gain from this. It was just kind of funny in like a comedic sense in the same way that you know when Riot does like the Earth Show match, it's funny. Like it's, I expect that, that's, that from that's Riot, different. not from a professional that's, in, that's entirely different because it's not an actual scheduled match that actually does impact the standings. And at the but end of the day, it doesn't impact the standings. At the end, like, yes, it does. They, they, whether, whether it changes their position in the standings or not, they either get a win or a loss in the win-loss column for whatever happens during that match. That still there's, counts. There's one thing they don't get to write I, it will, off. I will say that I, I get frustrated with. And it's that this screws up all of our numbers when we're setting, like, our all-pro stats. Like, the North American list came out, and then I'm going to, guess, release my ballot on Twitlonger or something. I haven't done it yet, but since I, there, it makes no sense to do a podcast on it now since it's already been done. Uh, but I, I do believe that this is a, a situation in which every time I want to put out these numbers, like, oh, yeah, look at this great... KDA that Suncox has now I have to go back and look at the series like was that artificially boosted by shenanigans when he was playing like top lane in this weird series against Vitality like that's it's just it's silly and I hate that it affects our ability to look at the long form finished stats of the year um, you know if Tom Brady chooses to sit out a game Tom Brady doesn't have numbers for the game we can't we don't have an equivalent for like if Tom Brady decided to play, like, like on his head the entire time. Like, I don't know what the silliness would have to be. Like, I don't know how you'd match the absurdity. But this affects the numbers, and this affects the what goes into the record books in that regard. And, and for that, to that extent, I agree with you. I think we're at a point right now where, like, teams just clearly don't care about that. I mean, look at Cloud9's voting record in all pro awards. Like, they just, teams just don't care. 
Uh, I do, and you do, but they don't. And I think it's it's go it's mixed whether or not um, they ultimately uh, the fans ultimately care. I'm not sure. And then you know, let us know in the comments. Did you have fun? Because we clearly did not. Um, one let, of us is angrier about it than the other, me, but I let me I got let, nothing out of it. Let, Final word before we actually move on to the series. Um, you know, Spice, Misfits, after you guys get 3 one this weekend, you let me know if you think that, that that fun, that, you know, good, let me play Mimi stuff. Uh, let's see if that was worth it over the extra, you know, four or five hours that you could have had on stage practice time. You you let me know if it was worth it. Okay. That's all I have to say on that. Sure. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about some series. Cause let's... There, there... Let's talk about some series. The very first series of the weekend. I put, ah, man, I just put everybody on blast. Yeah, you did. Like, you, you called <laughs> up by name, too. I I, ca- I called the owners up by name, too. I'm sure <laughs> I, Ben Spoon, there you go. The Misfits <laughs> one, there we go. Now we got you, Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. You all should be ashamed of yourselves. There we go. I, I called everybody out. Everyone, all at the same time. Wow. Unicorns of Love versus Misfits. We're never having Yoser Marty on this show again ever. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Unicorns of Love versus Misfits. Um, I just want to stress I love everybody. And I love this Unicorns of Love team. I, I just, I, I, This is going to be an interesting series. Is it? What a, I mean, it should be. Uh, do you, uh, go, go ahead. You know, go ahead. Quantify that. The, why okay. do you think it's interesting? So the, the one thing that we know about Misfits is that they have a very good midliner. Power of Evil is their star player. They funnel all the resources onto him, and he's done a pretty good job with that. Now, yeah. in recent weeks, that's been less so. They, they've tried to be a little bit more equitable in how they distribute gold. Right. I'm not sure whether that's for better or for worse. Uh, right now, Hansama is actually getting more gold per game on average than Power of Evil is, which is certainly was not the case just a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's nice to see Hansama get a little bit more yeah, uh, time and attention. But at the same time, you can kind of tell that Misfits' synergies are off as a result. You know, Power of Evil isn't quite as far ahead, so he's not able to take the duels that they're used to taking to accelerate their early game. Uh, Maxlore doesn't have as easy, you know, he, because he's having to split his time across multiple different lanes rather mm-hmm. than being able to focus purely on getting the solo lanes ahead. Uh, that's made his pathing a little bit weird. Uh, we're seeing, uh, you know, I, I think he is uh, a underrated player. I'm not going to say criminally underrated, but we're getting there. People will keep asking me, like, what do you think about Max Lore's season? I thought he had a very good season. Put up good numbers. Um, he was, he did everything that Misfits asked him to do. He has a role within the system, and he executed it as well as most people could. You can argue whether or not that's a good role to fill, but that's a team problem, not a him problem. Right. He's doing his job. And I think he should be happy with how that went. It's just that, I mean, this team needs to win early. We have seen time and time again, if Misfits aren't getting those first three towers, if they aren't cementing that lead and letting Power of Evil roam and opening up the map in that regard and, and you know, buying some space for Alfari, who has just become a mess, that's when things go wrong. That's th- This team is not going to be able to out-team fight the Unicorns of Love. It's just never going to happen. But they don't necessarily need to. They, they have, you know, uh, the good news for them is that their early game is significantly better 
than the Unicorns of Love. Right now, Misfits, fourth in the league at a 54.4 early game rating. The Unicorns of Love are ninth at 44.0. The Unicorns of Love dig themselves into holes rather often, and significant ones, you know, the minus 518 average goal differential at 15 minutes. That's a huge concern for a team that we're used to, like, taking these big tempo trades. It's hard to have tempo when you're playing from behind. So it, it very well could be a closer series than people think. They battled to a full three-game series uh, when they played in the regular season. I would not be surprised if this went the full five. I think it's going to go four, but I think going the full five is absolutely in play because the Misfits' best player is against Unicorns of Love's weakest player, and Misfits' strength is against Unicorns of Love's biggest weakness. That helps make up the gap. Ah, uh, see, I, you say that. I, I get where you're coming from. Oh, they have a better early game rating, but Unicorns of Love have proven for two splits now they don't care about gold deficits. No, that doesn't exist. And I know I know that the mid-late game rating that Tem7 Hughes and Ferrocles Elixir has created is basically just it's the difference between their win percentage and their, their early game rating. Uh, but Unicorns of Love is second in mid-late game rating. They, they catch up 16 percentage points to their win-loss record based off of their late game. And oh, by the way, Misfits loses seven and a half points based yeah. off of their mid to late game. So again, you're then matching up. Unicorns of Love greatest strength matches up against Misfits greatest weakness in that regards of Misfits doesn't know what they're doing past 20 minutes in the game. They don't have a macro play. They don't team fight very well because they are completely reliant on Power of Evil just making big plays. And I trust everyone on Unicorns of Love to make big plays more than I trust Power of Evil. Every yeah. single player on Unicorns of Love has shown they are straight up a baller. That they don't care. <laughs> well, this is why I had to get Misfits out of the way. Because, yes, I do think the Unicorns of Love win this series. Okay. Like, I, I wrote an entire article about how Power of Evil slips in that regard. Like, this is a team that, you know, in Misfits, they, they try so much to make those plays. And I do believe that they're going to get away with at least one win because their early yeah, game just stops fine. and Unicorns yeah, fall sure. too far behind. It could happen twice. It's could, Like, that's... At best, I could see it happening twice, but there's no way it happens three times. Right. Unicorns of Love are the better team. They're more cohesive as a team-fighting team. They have a strategy that they are much more comfortable with. We are still seeing some growing pains with Misfits as they're trying to make this adjustment to a more balanced offense. That is taking time, and we're seeing the flaws of it and how they've been performing the last few weeks. And I don't think that's going away, whereas Unicorns of Love... They might have flaws. We might look at Exile and point out that he is one of the worst laning mid laners that we've seen, not just this year, but in general, just really, really struggling to you know, keep himself relevant in those regards. And we're looking at, you know, I, I swear, minus 313 goal differential at 10 minutes. I, I wasn't going to bring up the number, and then I realized it was more than three times worse than the next closest. <laughs> Actually, it's more than four times worse than the next closest. The next closest being Coscue. And negative 78. Uh, yeah, so you don't want to be compared your, your to Koski. Your is four times worse than Koski. Oh, man, you don't want to be compared to Koski. That's really just, bad. Just bringing that up, Unicorns it's of really Love bad. fans. It's like, really that's, like, this is when we talk next week and you guys are mad at me because I think Unicorns of Love are going to be underdogs in the semifinals. Like, that's, like I'm just letting you know, that's the number that we're seeing. Um, say, look, that's, luckily, he's not the entire Unicorns of Love team. They have uh, Samix who uh, Samuel Hernandez Fort, I believe it is. People are really excited about him, and they should be. He has delivered on everything I thought he could be and more. 
Uh, I really am excited to see how he's going to handle these team fights. I think Xerxes is the linchpin to making Unicorns of Love work. And the, the better he plays, the farther they're going to get in these playoffs. Just does so much to facilitate the rest of the team as far as putting pressure on multiple lanes in the map, making sure that Chachi isn't caught overextending too often, making sure that you have, you know, the ability to keep Exile at least solvent, you know, keep him livable, workable in that regard. Um, he has, you know, he, he has a wide enough range of champions that he can play different things that can really move stuff around and give them different opportunities and allow them to counterpick in certain places. So there's a lot that Unicorns of Love bring to the table that Misfits just don't have. And in the playoffs, those intangibles matter so much more. And, like, you need someone who can lead. You need a system that everyone is buying into. Yeah. And, 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 you're, and you're missing the one last thing. You have Sheepy versus Daku. Oh, my God. That's just... I man, we we want to talk about a, a coaching mismatch. Like this is a, this is a pretty incredible coaching mismatch. I think if you look at the two, Daku hasn't done anything to make me think like that he's influencing his team in any way, shape, or form in a positive direction. Where Sheepy, I I remember back I am San Jose. I remember all the jokes we made about him that he shouldn't be a coach anymore. They should have been cut. Yada 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 yada. He has grown into his own. He has created the system that maximizes his players' strengths and tries to minimize their weaknesses and tries to use his players in unique ways that then covers up the weaknesses of other players. You know, think about the Vizichachi classic Darren kind of over-pressure the top side of the map to constantly draw attention, to constantly pull them up here. And look at how many times that's opened up a little bit of space for the bot lane to just take a bot tower, open up a little bit of space for Exile to go into the bot lane and start his split push and gradually catch up from these, you know, bad laning phases that he has. This team is very interesting in how all the pieces interact with each other. And I think that's because of Sheepy. And I... Sheepy's got to win a coach of the year. Right? Not this year. Not this year. This was not, this was not a good Unicorns of Love split. They had some bad losses. That this loss of vitality excuses anyone from being coach of the yeah, year. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's... Like, like I know I said that, you know, when we finished the, the intergroup stage, that Vitality was going to play spoiler and, and ultimately choose who the, the winner of that division was. Yeah. Hold yeah. it? Sorry, I didn't mean it. Like, I didn't ask for it to be this way, but also called it. Like, that's that was a classic trap game, and you can't fall for a trap like that and be the best coach in the league. So, I, like, Sheepy should have one in his, his cabinet. It's a shame that he doesn't. I certainly trust him well more here against Daku. Uh, Daku, I just, I don't, I don't know what he's bringing to the table. That's Pat, Pat that Riley, he is not. Eric no. Spolstra, he is not. I, I mean, it says a lot that they're still trying to change so much about the way they play the game as we're this close to the quarterfinal. Like, you, you would really, theoretically, have wanted to start these, you know, style changes week three week four when we started realizing that this was going to be at least a bit of a problem in the long run and they just have waited way too late and i think that's ultimately what costs them here uh unicorns of love have been more consistent more cohesive and for longer and as much as i like maxor and power of evil and hansama like that's not enough you need to have, be a team rather than just having a couple great players and right yeah. now misfits is a a group of somewhat you know good to great players but not we, we don't have the glue that's keeping it together as a cohesive team so 
Absolutely. So, so Chase. Yeah. Will the unicorns be turned into glue, or will they stampede all over misfits? Where do you think the line is? I have it at minus two fifty because they always sleep on unicorns a little bit. You're you're gonna nail this. Uh, I slept on them a little too much. I said it was unicorns of love minus two twenty five. It is unicorns of love minus two fifty. So you you take the point. Uh, we're just gonna go over to the uh, the handicap bets. Misfits uh, underdog first. Misfits is at plus one eighty five. Okay. And we're just gonna hop over to uh, the uh, map over under. Uh, over four and a half maps, so five maps is at uh, plus 185. Okay. And then we think that Misfits wins a game. So, uh, Misfits winning one game is at minus... Oh, wait. Nope. I'm reading that wrong. Uh, So basically, you would take the Unicorns of Love minus one and a half odd line, uh, which Uh, is minus 105. If you it's, think that misfits are going to win a game, that's not right. how that works. Minus one and a half for unicorns of love means they win by at least two, so they can win three one or three zero. Oh. It has nothing to do with misfits. misfits yeah, they win three one or three zero. Yeah, so that's if yeah, misfits but, but wins it, a but, game. No, three a three zero misfits would not have won a game, and that would still be a winning bet. Yeah. It has nothing to do with misfits. Misfits is what's what's misfits plus one and a half. Plus one and a half is at uh, plus one twenty five. Okay. Or minus 125. Really? I still always get confused with this. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure you're not right. I'm pretty sure that, I like, am. That's... Misfits plus one and a half plus is at one. minus 125. Okay. Minus that's them winning two games. Games are better, right? Yes. Yeah. That's them winning two games are better. plus 25 there, then it's going to be way out it's of minus value. 125 yeah no yeah, misfits only winning one game is my is at uh so misfits plus two and a half comes out to minus 416 yeah yeah, yeah no, it's so just, unicorns it's important of love to, like unicorns minus one and a half is unicorns of love minus one and a half is also is either they get a 3-0 or they 3-1 correct yeah, but it has like it's you're coming at it from different angles. Oh, like let's okay. let, to make sure it's clear to the viewers when we talk about unicorns of love minus one and a half, we're taking the score of the series, subtracting one and a half points from unicorns of love, and we're seeing whether it's still higher. That's why it has to be a three one or a three zero. For misfits plus one and a half, we are adding a point and a half to misfits and saying that that will be higher. So it would have to be a three two, or they would have to win the series. Those are like. It's a completely different series of bets. Like, they're, they're, they could not be more different than what you're betting on. Minus, minus for unicorns and plus uh, maps for, for misfits are in two different directions. Okay. Yeah. I, I promise you this is correct. I, this, as long as we've been doing this, this part still just confuses me. And So if we think that, that misfits wins a game... We could take Unicorns of Love at minus one and a half. And be we, fine. Yeah, as long as you don't think that Misfits wins at least two games. Yeah, no. You're saying that Misfits wins one game or fewer with that yeah. bet. I don't think that's Misfits what you're wins betting. two games. Yeah. Okay. That's the only value in any of those lines, and that's at minus 105. There's no value in the series. Five maps plus 185 is not terrible. No. It's not happening. It's misfits unicorns, are not that man. good. The unicorns don't necessarily slam the door on anybody. Misfits are not good. I'm not saying they're great. 
I'm not saying they they're great. They got 3-1 glass split. They're not good. I mean, they first of all, they didn't get they they got 3-1 when they got to the semifinals. And there was I I I mean, we'll see. I, I don't think this Unicorns of Love team is as good as last split's Unicorns of Love team. They don't look I as don't think this Misfits team is as good as last year's Misfits team. Oh, that that's fair. Okay. We'll, we'll that, that's on. the problem. It's more of an indictment. I don't think Misfits are good. Uh, that's that's fair. Let's let's move forward. Uh G2 versus Splice. Yeah. I, okay, you're excited for it. I mean, I'm excited S for the playoffs, man. Sell me on it. I'm not excited for Europe in the slightest, if I'm being wow. very honest. I'm yeah. not. Not when, I have, not when I have North America. North America is exciting. This is just kind of like, okay, there's four good teams and there's two not good teams. Well, look, and I have to get through the not good teams to get to the good teams, so. I would love to see Splice prove me, us wrong. And, and let's start by saying this. If we were going to do ups and downs this week, G2 would have been my down. This was a bad week for G2. This was a, a week in which they lose to Rocket in a series in which they actually tried from all accounts. Like, the, you look at the pick and ban, they weren't doing trolley things. Like, they were beat by a Rocket team that played more cohesively, that took advantage of Trick's champion pool issues. Uh, you're looking at a Rocket win that that very much uh, was was cleaner than it had any right to, to be. You, you look at, you know, in, in game two, G2 did exactly what you would expect G2 to do. They crushed, and it wasn't particularly close. But Rocket were better around objective controls. They prepared for Baron better. They prepared for, uh, you know, those kind of neutral objectives a lot better. They, they did good base exchanges. They, you know, they did a very good job of... of taking advantage of mistakes uh, and, and really using the most out of the Baron, which is all to say G2's rotations were slow. G2 was off. Their vision wasn't there. Their rotations were slow. They weren't reacting in time. Uh, and they were losing fights because they were kept off balance. And then they took it to Fnatic and they got crushed. This was a terrible series of losses. You know, you can say, well, in game one, at least it was, you know, it was close for a bit. But, but Fnatic was very much in control for most of that series. It felt like Trick could not get going. Uh, Perks looked underwhelming, especially on the Lucian pick. Not that he was terrible, he just wasn't great. And you need to be great to justify Lucian in the mid lane because it's so difficult when you get to the mid to late game uh, without having any sort of like crowd control or whatever else coming from that position. So you have to justify it, and they couldn't. And... We're at this point now where I do think that G2 is exploitable. What's I do G not think they are invincible here. What's G2's identity? Um, What's their identity this split? It's, it's the same identity they've had. The problem is they're just not doing it as efficiently. It's Trick gets ahead early and controls the map. As when, when G2 gets a lead, they are terrifying. And I know that like, we talk about H2K and the machine a lot because they should be talked about. It's, it's a machine that operates the same way basically every time. But... When you look at G2, their escalation between like the 20 and 25 minute mark is staggering. They don't have the same early game. They don't have Yankos coming through. They have Trick, and he, he's more about setting up certain map advantages. But when they start taking towers, it's one after the next, after the next, after the next. It's the steamrolling uh, and just using this momentum behind them. And they force the enemy so far back on the defensive that they can't contest for these neutral objectives that G2 takes. And as soon as they get a Baron, the game two against Rocket, like 
They got a Baron. Game was over. It was yep. done. It was irrelevant. And G2 have done that so many times this split. When they get those objectives, they know how to use them effectively. They capitalize on those moments. The problem is those moments aren't happening as often because they're not controlling the map the way they used mm -hmm. to. Because Trick isn't getting those invades in, so they're not keeping the jungler off. They're not able to get that free vision. They're not able to get those early towers going as quickly as they used to because they're not winning lane the way that they used to. So the whole thing is just a worse version of what they've been doing. The, the strategy hasn't changed. These are the same players. They're just not... They're, they're Instead of winning lane by a lot, they're winning lane by a little. Instead of getting a whole bunch of towers, they're sometimes struggling to find those early openings. Uh, and when they win, they look as strong as anybody in the league. They have the ability to take some of the most dominant victories that we've seen in Europe this year. But when they lose, it is frustrating. Mm -hmm. It is frustrating because you watch a team that feels like they should be better at every point of the game. You never watch G2 and say, like, oh, yeah, they just couldn't keep up with this team. That's never the takeaway. The takeaway is when they needed to, this split, against the best teams and Rocket, the Kingslayers. Uh, I'm going to keep saying that because I can. They didn't execute properly. And they haven't been executing as sharply as they need to. And at some point, we stop saying that this is a meta thing and we start saying this is a mental thing. This is a, a block that is in their heads that they are not able to overcome, uh, that they have not shown an ability to adjust to this new information, this new status quo, if you will. And that has to be taken seriously. We have to be willing to reevaluate that as analysts and as fans and, and readjust our expectations because this is not the same G2 team. It is and it isn't. It's the same G2 team in style and in purpose and in how they want to win these games. It is not the same G2 team in terms of the sharpness of the execution, the depth that they have showed on champion pools and previous metas, uh, the comfort in exerting their power across the map. So they're, it's frustrating. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that because I don't know if they've decided which way they want to win the game. If we look at their three championship runs, they had a very clear identity of... And the first one was, we just are going to simply completely overwhelm people with our early games. And then they went to Worlds, and it switched to this super late game focus kind of play style, and they just would run out of steam. And then they got Weld in, they did the whole focus on the late game, that entire thing, and, and that's how that all went. That, it's weird. Weldon hasn't existed this split. Yeah, look, it's... I, I gotta tell you, this is not a late game G two. Their average game time is thirty four point three right now. That puts them at the same time as. But like, they don't. But it doesn't feel monkeys. like when Trick came out and burst onto the scene and won MVP the first split and was just killing it, just absolutely crushing kids in the early game either. This team feels directionless. Like they're just playing to win. Not we're playing to win in this particular way. It feels like they're kind of just relying on expect to have a big game or perks to have a big game or Zven to have a big game, not in a very structured, this is the G2 way to play League of Legends and this is how we are going to win. I, I'd say that it's it's the same. I, I, I will contest that. I do think that this is a team that relies on fighting around neutral objectives to win the game. That is their plan. When they get a Baron, they use it more effectively than everyone else in the league. And it does like... 
the early game, we could say it's not, it's not as sharp. We don't have as clear of a focus as to where Trick is going to get his advantage, whether Trick is going to be the one who takes the advantage. But their mid to late game plan is very clear, and it is not to scale up and do big team fights. It is to take barons and dragons, push those tower advantages, and snowball. And just when they get those that first tower going, bam, 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 now you're dead. That's what they do. Their best games are when they win by the 30-minute mark. Like, it's at minute 30, they're taking the Nexus Towers because of the 23-minute mark, they got their first Baron and took five towers off of it. And then they got the second one, it just closed, and that was the game. Like, that is that is a G2 victory. They're just not doing it as often. And it's and, and they're only really taking those wins against the worst teams, which is a problem. Uh, I, luckily, I would say that's lacking in identity, then. If, if the way that you're supposed to win isn't working, that... I don't know. Well, it's, I mean, you could say that they need to switch their identity, but it doesn't mean they don't have one. I could call myself Mr. Fligglebottoms, and that would be an identity. <laughs> it would be a great one, but I could be Fligglebottoms. It's possible. It would, like, it's a literal choice I could make. Really should. But it's an identity. That's all, that's all identity means. Hey, hey, Chase. Chase, I found what your punishment is when you lose the belt this split. Oh, man, great. That I, is I, awesome. Oh, I love so oh, much. You ran into um, that one. That was... Wow. Um, okay. We should probably talk about Splice. <laughs> I don't know how to transition from Flickle Bottoms to Splice. <laughs> yeah, I, got it. Go, talk about talk about Splice, Mr. Flickle Bottoms. Poor Flickle Bottoms, man. Uh, look, I, I want to like the Splice team so much more than I do. The bottom half of the map is awesome. It's really like like Kabi yeah. is a great player. Um, I I think that they're underestimated in the bot lane, man. I still like Kabi was a guy that I have wrestled with as to where I want to put him in my all pro list. Mickey has still been one of the best engaged supports in the league. When they have those team fight victories, it's usually because he made a play. And Senkux has looked great this play. Senkux has looked fantastic. Like, like unironically, Last like no weeks, qualifiers yeah. there. He's looked great especially on roaming mid laners. It reminds me very much of the hype that we had for him when he first entered the league, when he knew him as like an assassin player that leads to terrify the people around the map. And then they stopped doing that. We were really confused. And now he's doing that again. And I can see why that worked back then. And I'm glad to see that's still something he can fall back on. Um, I don't think it's enough here because of where their weaknesses are. Wonder has struggled in weeks and weeks. I think a slump is fair to say. Uh, if he's really just not found his center, he's not split pushing as effectively as he used to be. And very often he's finding himself in the middle of his team with teleport up, so wasting the opportunity to use it because he's so afraid of being behind because his timings have been so bad. And he has been, he's like, his timings have been off. They don't seem to know how to use his teleport effectively anymore, which is a huge concern for a team that's greatest strength was, hey, we could deep fight effectively. Um, but it's... Uh, it's it's rough. I I think that, you know, as long as Trashy is their jungler, they're never going to have a great early game. And if they're not going to have a great early game, then you better be these great team fighters. You better be really good at exerting pressure along the map. That's who Splice was when they did very well in the summer split and finished second. True. That's who they were up until game three of Splice versus Misfits last split. Yep. In a series that they absolutely should have won. But they didn't because they choked, and that's where we are now. And now now I'm not sure. Now I'm not sure whether they have that in them. I don't know if they can get back to that. I think there's 
something's been lost in the equation here. And, and it could be Yamato Cannon. That's uh, what I'm, I was going to say. I, I'm writing an article that will hopefully be out, if not, uh, you know, tomorrow. It, it should be out by Friday is my goal. Um, and I, I think that when you look back at Splice and the way that they came into 2017 and the way they wanted to approach the season and the role that they believed at that time that Yamato Cannon played in that, and then you look at what happened after his departure, I think those intangibles are missing. I think that's the reason they ended up firing Givas is because he wasn't bringing them the leadership and the system and the kind of growth that you want from a coach. And does that mean that Yamato Cannon was necessarily going to be the greatest, best answer until the end of time? No. Yeah. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that he was the right choice and we can explicitly say firing him was wrong, but what they decided to do to replace him did not work. Just factually has not worked, has not built a new system. This does not feel like a splice that has the same splice identity, the splice brand of League of Legends that we used to praise and that, you know, we would, Marty, when he came on the show, really brought up. That's not there anymore. Yeah. And that's the part that's just... I mean, as a fan, it's got to be rough to watch. I, I feel bad for Splice fans because so much of what they loved is still the same, but it just doesn't matter because they're not getting to that point anymore, uh, at least not really reliably. And beating up on bad teams doesn't make me feel better about where they stand. That's that's fair. I agree with that. I, I agree with the, the, the point that there feels like there's something missing. Um, there There's... Marty, I know you. I know you listen. It feels like the meat sauce is missing off this trash plate, dude. Feels like like the meat sauce recipe needs to be adjusted a little bit. You need that little bit of accoutrement on top of your trash plate. I I have faith that you guys will figure it out, and and maybe just maybe you figure it out in this series against G two. Who, you know, I, you're, you're starting to sell me on like being a little bit more lukewarm on G two here. I I'm, yeah. I get where you're coming from. Chase. Whatever team emerges from this has to have stepped up. Yes. That's how they're going to get past yep. this. That's how they're going to get to the semifinals. They're going to have to take a significant step forward because it's very likely that H2K will be awaiting uh, the winner of this series. And I don't think either one of these teams is better than H2K right now. No. Though, of course, H2K in playoffs lol. So. Listen, they made it to the semifinals of Worlds last year. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. How their playoffs go? <laughs> I mean, it's the semifinals yeah. of Worlds. That's a playoff run. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. It I, is. Like, they played in the playoffs of the World Championship. I, I know, I know, I know. I, where, uh, that, that was for Where, for do, you, where do you think I, the line I, I, is, I, I, Mr. Fickle? Um, shout out to you, man. Um, I have it at minus 300. You're, you're going to take this. There we go. That's had, a point right there. I had G2 at minus 250. Uh, it's G2 minus 278. So you get it by like three points. Three points. I take those. I, Splice I, is what? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Splice is at plus 200. I, that, I needed that win because otherwise, like when we only have these two games, like it's so easy for us to tie in each of these weeks. I Every know. Every single map matters. I know. Uh, it's so it's kind of a pain. Um... What, uh, what are the uh, five, five maps is at plus 270 I think that's no yeah I, there's no value there's no value in these playoff series there's none 
Splice one and a half I... is at minus 105. Splice at minus one of five for plus one and a half? Yeah. I like that, actually. If we're going to, like, I feel like, A, like, this is the playoffs. So I feel like we should do at least one smart money bet for both series. And let's just get into smart money bets now. Because I think that we're there. I No. No. no? I don't think I don't think either of this series you should bet on. If you want if you want smart, if you want intelligent as a gambler, and I know it's breaking our code, but like may, yeah, if we're gonna take one, you could talk me in the splice at plus the splice plus one and a half at minus one oh five. Yeah. But there's no value. There's no value here because there's nothing that tells me that splice is gonna beat G two. There's no historical context or anything that says that is you know really likely to happen and that plus 200 is good value for you there's nothing that tells me that misfits matches up to unicorns of love in any way shape or form so unless then you want to go off on something like unicorns of love two owing miss or three owing misfits or something ridiculous where then we've already admitted we are pretty sure power of evil is going to have one game where he just takes over and wins a game i'm sure there will be one game that splice has a little bit more consistency in their team fighting and their late game decision making they can win a game like there is no value here and you can't talk me into there being value where there's no value uh, okay well how about this we'll say it like we did at week 10 when i told you all not to gamble because week 10 is screwy and teams weren't going to care and it was going to get weird um we are going to say you as listeners should be very careful when betting on these series because neither one appears to have any value now for those of us who run a podcast Les, what are our picks? Splice plus one and a half at minus 105. That is okay. all. That is the uh, only pick that I love Misfits, pick one. No. No. There's no there is no bet there that is smart. There's the of love minus one and a half, minus 105 doesn't do it for you? Because you didn't, like, I think we're both very cold on Misfits. Fine. I'm, I. There we go. There we fine. go. Fine. See, was that so bad? I'm not we, betting we, on this weekend. No. I'm not saying, like, Don't again, <laughs> we have very special rules because we held up a podcast in which we have a section called Smart Money Bet. <laughs> and the, the Smart Money Bet is Don't Bet! Bet. <laughs> but look, okay. Don't we lose money! This week, but, like, we still, you can't have a Smart Money Bet section with no bets. Yes, I, I can. Yes, yes, you can. You can say there is no smart bet on here that the, the potential outcome is worth the risk. You can say that. You can... There is a point where you could say, you know what, I'm just not going to do anything because no matter what I do, it's not as smart as me doing nothing. Minus 105 isn't worth it to me in that regard, in either of those series, really. That's fair. That's all I, I, that's, that's where I'm coming from is sometimes the smartest thing you can do is take that $100 in your pocket and go, well, you know what, I've got $100. And I could either do this thing where I'm going to get very little payoff for risking it, and if something weird happens, then I'm out $100, or I just keep it in my pocket and save it for next week where maybe I'll get more value on something else, and I could double up next week. I, if you think that you're going to find value next Probably week... Probably not. Well, I don't think I'm, there's I'm any value in Europe. I don't think there's any value in Europe. I think that betting on the European playoffs is probably a fool's errand at this point. And, and, and just straightforward honesty... <laughs> are the two bets that we having a podcast are going to put out there into the world but you guys should not bet i think that's safe to say (laughs) no there we go 
Compromise, Walter. It's all about yeah. compromise. I, I mean, that's fair. I, I will compromise. You, you sort of cut out for that. So, so the smart money bets are unicorns will love minus one and a half at minus 105. Splice plus one and a half at minus 105. That's Europe, folks. I'm not excited for Europe. These games are going to be like pulling teeth for me to watch, just like week 10 was. Chase, I know you're more excited. You got the point this week. Yes. I... Excited about the point. I'm probably more <laughs> excited about the point. I know you're more excited about the point than the games. I, I really am, I'm really tired of, of the way you've lorded this belt over me. I, I think this needs to come to an end. But if you guys uh, want to talk to me about anything I said today on the podcast, you should find me at RedshirtKing on Twitter. Uh, you can also comment in those lovely YouTube comment sections. I do respond to as many people as I can. I, didn't, I don't think I did a very good job of it last week, but that's because week 10 was weird, um, both in, in real life and, and also out of it. So I will do a much better job this week of responding to all of you guys. Um, and I'll, obviously, you should hang out in our Discord. We've got a lovely Discord. Uh, more people seem to be joining every week, which is awesome because a lot of great people on there, a lot of good conversations. Uh, you can have everything ranging from, you know, whether you know this all pro selection is a good idea or not, to what's the cutest player in the NALCS. Let's find out. Bonus pod coming this off season to a no, theater near you. No, it's not. At least oh, not with me on it. It that will not happen. Well then. I guess uh, you'll be missing out on the greatest episode in Rough Drafts history, TBT. Uh, you mean TV. me maintaining and becoming a three-time reigning, <laughs> defending, guess the lines, world heavyweight champion, because that's what this little little picture down here says. I'm the champion, not Chase. I'm the champion. And if you want to talk with the champion, you can follow him on Twitter, he's at C80s underscore LOL. And I'm sure all of you lovely European fans will just come after me this week and crucify me. But guess what? I have a fancy championship belt and you don't. So, you know, whatever. If you want to say, if you want to talk some trash, go ahead. I'm down for it. I've got North America to watch. That's going to be super exciting. You guys can come back tomorrow to hear our thoughts on the North American playoffs. And until then... You can follow the Rough Drafts Podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter at Rough Drafts Pod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, YouTube.com backslash Rough Drafts Podcast, as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. The Rough Jazz Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash Pod and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.